But now let's get going with our next storyteller, who's Shiva Chandra. Shiva? Where's Shiva? So Shiva was born in Western Sydney, where he has lived most of his life. Still, are you still in Western Sydney? Oh, no, 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 I'm in the north. There you go. (laughs) He's aspirational migrant, he's moved down. (laughs) Um, Shiva is currently... (laughs) Shiva has currently stepped on something that he's trying to get off his feet. Um, Shiva is currently doing a PhD at the University of Sydney. He has a helicopter mother who's here tonight. There she is. She wishes she could have microchipped him. So she's here to... Yeah, she actually said that. <laughs> and Shiva's sister, who he's super close to, who's also here tonight. I haven't met your sister. Where's your sister? Um, Shiva is one part of Fobgaze, as I mentioned, um, and Shiva is going to talk about his journey sweeping through contemporary gayness and looking for the gold nugget at the end. He asks, what does it mean to be a gay man living a life meaningfully? Can I, can I hold it or do I? Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> do I want to hold it? Yeah, I can hold it. No, I'm going to move it too much so you're not going to hear me properly. Um, <laughs> So my, sp- my story is actually a little under time. So I want to take this opportunity to say thank you so much to all my personal acquaintances, which there are so many of, who have made an effort to come here and support me. Um, it's so humbling to see all of you here, and I feel so blessed to have you here today. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, so I'll start now. You grow up, get a job, marry someone, have children, feed your children, make a shitload of pickles which you give to neighbours in takeaway containers covered in glad wrap. Achieve upward mobility, feed your grandchildren, then die. Growing up, that was the trajectory I'd seen for most people around me. It made sense. It was secure. It was predictable. And as people with South Asian backgrounds know, boy, do we love security. (laughs) But what happens when you're gay and feel that that trajectory seems a little further out of reach when it suddenly dawns on you Eh, Bhagwan, oh my God, what does it mean to be gay? And how do I live my life meaningfully as a gay man? So, in 2011, I was doing a short student film. I don't think it exists anywhere, so don't go looking for it. Um, (laughs) Where I played a gay character. At this stage, I had not come out to myself. I was at a place where I knew, but I didn't know. I don't know if you guys have had this, but it's like a soft buzzing. Gentle enough that it's always there, but not so loud that you can't go on. However, this short film made the buzzing so loud that it wasn't just background noise anymore. It was raucous. I told myself, 
well, if I'm going to play this character, then I need to do research. I had to watch gay stuff. <laughs> and no, I don't mean porn. <laughs> so I told my dad that I needed to buy something online, just a series. And he was like, yeah, sure. So I took my dad's credit card and I bought the box set of Queer as Folk, American version. So for those of you who don't know what Queer as Folk is, it's a drama series about gay and lesbian people set in Pittsburgh. Um, it, it deals with how they go about living their everyday lives, so the joys and challenges of being queer um, in North America. It was while watching this series and doing the short film that I came out to myself, family and friends. If I'm honest, watching Queer as Folk and watching and reading a plethora of other queer material wasn't about research for a role. It was trying to figure out what it means to be gay. I remember that at this time, my sister asked me something along the lines of, are you only going to watch gay stuff now? <laughs> and in my head, I thought, you kutia, you bitch. <laughs> the thing is, I didn't even know why I was annoyed. I just thought it was an insensitive thing to say that. In hindsight, now, when I think about it, the reason I was annoyed was because somewhere in my brain, I was thinking, you insensitive bitch, you have all this shit to make sense of your life. Sorry that I'm watching gay stuff now, but maybe there hasn't been that much out there for people like me to make sense of my life. Just a bit unreasonable for her not to get that considering I didn't myself. <laughs> So, whilst I enjoyed Queer as Folk and related to it on some level, I couldn't help but feel that my reality wasn't there. I lived out west. I wasn't going to go clubbing every weekend like the characters in it. I don't think I could have afforded it anyway. <laughs> and the relationships in it weren't like mine. Most people I knew were straight and I liked being around them. It was like looking into a queer mirror, but not seeing yourself reflected back. So, one of the first queer identified things that I did after coming out was go to the queer collective at university. I trotted down the stairs to a room that smelt like mildew. <laughs> I expected to find something, possibly Kumar, my Prince Charming. I think I had this idea that a partner would somehow complete everything. That didn't happen. But when I got there, I also felt different, like I didn't fit in. I just didn't have all that much in common with people there. I mean, who would have thought that sexuality would not be enough? Come on. <laughs> you like dick, I like dick, woo. <laughs> Maybe I needed gay people I could talk to kuch kuch hota hai about with. 
So that's a really popular Hindi movie from the 90s. <laughs> or maybe people that were a bit more Westy like me. I do sociology, so I have to talk about class. Um, however, I was there, nonetheless, looking for some form of meaning under the couch where I've been told people had had sex. At one particular meeting, there was a discussion about having queer trivia at a pub. Just a pub. It wasn't a queer-identified pub, just a pub. Someone suggested we vote on whether it should be autonomous, meaning that only queer-identified people could attend. That was too much for me. I thought to myself, I want to take my straight friends and my sister, and they're not queer. Are you expecting me to leave important relationships literally at the door because I have to do some form of queerness? And who the fuck are you to expect me to have my relationships look a certain way? So I stopped going to meetings from that day. <laughs> Finally, Oxford Street. Yes, we all knew the story had to end up here. So typical me turns up with his straight friends in a, slim fit in a slim fit shirt and jeans tight enough to de-sex you. <laughs> we were all out of our depth, not knowing how exactly this space works. I remember feeling like everyone had gotten their manual to being gay 101, and for some reason, mine had not arrived. It was like being in a wizarding family, but not getting the letter to go to Hogwarts. Thank you, DP. I knew you would like that one. <laughs> of course. <laughs> no one told me you had to kiss other men on the cheeks. You know, like the one, two thing. Um, I thought it was shaking hands. No one told me that to toilet cubicles were to be used for sex until I saw the condom wrappers lying everywhere. And there were a lot. I don't know what I expected to find there either a fabulous lifestyle that I wouldn't be able to cope with or maintain, friends I could spill the chai with. P.S. Chai shouldn't be spilled, ginger is expensive. <laughs> However, much of this also had to do with my own insecurities. Did no one want me because I was not pretty enough? If only I had my mother's jawline, which you can see over there. <laughs> Is there a racial element to it? Do I not fit in because I'm brown? I must state at this point that this is an empirical and theoretical question, so please refer to the literature on race and sexuality. <laughs> Catching the Knight Rider home to Blacktown amidst the exhaustion and smell of regurgitated alcohol, I couldn't help but wonder why had coming out not been the catharsis that I so badly wanted? Why hadn't everything fallen into place? It's been a few years since then. Now I catch the late bus home to the Northwest <laughs> as I live with my parents and they have fulfilled their anticipated model of upward mobility. <laughs> and on these more recent trips, I think to myself, damn, I framed the question so wrong all those years ago. I was thinking to myself, how do I become gay and live my life meaningfully as a gay man? I, okay, so this is going to like sound academic because I couldn't help myself. 
I had made sexuality the central and most important identifier of who I was. I didn't understand at the time that whilst the gay bit was important, it was just one part of who I am along with many others. When popular discourse tells you that the most significant part of who you are is your sexuality, then you yourself fail to question the assumption that your life will need to be shaped and defined by this. I've learned that we are all relational and that who we are and how we live our lives meaningfully is shaped by our context. And that context is much broader than my sexuality. This is not to say that my sexuality is unimportant. Grinder makes sex easier. Sorry, straight people. Um, I have to deal with stares in public. I occasionally go clubbing and actually enjoy it now. And I love being part of a group for queer South Asian people and their families and friends where I can talk to other people about kuch kuch hota hai. <laughs> Importantly, I've also learned not to care how I fare on the gay meat market. I am Shiva Chandra. I have given my friends imli ka chutney, tamarind paste, in plastic containers covered in glad wrap. <laughs> I like seeing my sister and when she doesn't call me, telling her your brother could have been dead and you wouldn't have known. <laughs> I like talking to my friend Deepi about Hindi music we mutually enjoy. I'm really loud and have no indoor voice. I actually didn't need this. And I asked Gary if I had to use this and he said yes. <laughs> I like to make Deke have chai at night. I think it's nice to hang out with my cousins, have Neha do my hair on the couch, or have a coffee run with Nile at an ungodly hour. My granddad taught me that empathy is an important virtue. My grandma teaches me that shit happens but you have to go on. And that you can wear a sleeveless, silver sequenced sari blouse in your 70s and pull it off. <laughs> I know my mother loves me, however she also drives me insane and makes me want to throw myself down a flight of stairs, sometimes, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> my dad taught me that chasing money can be pointless because sometimes having the time to just be is actually as important. I feel like somewhat of a Hindu kind of person, but that doesn't look like what, you, what other people might expect. I don't think you can be born a Brahmin. I think that education should not just be about making capital, but relate to broader questions that help you to understand the world and your place in it. I also know that although it may feel harder it's possible to have a partner, 2.5 kids, and a white picket fence if I really want. And finally, in all this glorious mess that is my life, sometimes glorious is a, yeah. Um, <laughs> I also happen to be gay. But now, with greater understanding of what this means amongst everything else that it is to be Shiva Chandra. Thank you. Thank you, Shiva, for that beautiful story. Um, 
I also went to UCID, University of Sydney, and I have also I also have memories of going to the probably the same queer club and walking into what was a factional fight between two groups trying to take over the group. So that was my experience. It might just be the UCID queer club. Um, also, I have ended up on that couch with very little or nothing on, so it did. It worked out for some of us. Um, <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm glad my mom's not here tonight. <laughs>